Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. John 1, 1 through 12. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and uh, his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Let's pray and we will dive in this morning. God, we love you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you conquered death. We celebrate that here today. Open our eyes that we might behold wonderful things from your word this morning. May your spirit move in and out of seats. God, if somebody here has not passed from death to life, I pray that you will invade a heart this morning and cause them to pass from death to life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just real quick, let me get it. Let me do this. Happy Easter. Man, it's a beautiful day already. What an incredible day already. I want to start by talking to you a little uh, about a little bit of golf. So I'm a golf fan, and, and the reason I'm a golf fan is pretty much related to a guy named Tiger Woods, right? Everybody in my demographic, uh, he, he kind of got people who never watched golf before to watch golf. Well, in 2000, he played in the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. And those of you who know golf history, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, if you would watch videos or if you will read about this, they call uh, this particular tournament, uh, tournament perfection at pebble. Tiger Woods proceeded to dominate the competition. He beat the field by 15 strokes. And it's not that he just dominated the greatest golfers on the planet. Like, like Pebble Beach is, is no cakewalk. It's a hard golf course. He dominated the golf course as well. So it's like he doubly, he doubly dominated. There's never been a performance of domination uh, in golf since. And I, I don't know that there ever will be again. And maybe you're like, man, I don't even watch golf. I don't know much about it. Well, may, maybe more locally. Let me just give you another picture of, of domination. So just up the road is, is Stratford High School. And the Stratford Lady Indians uh, just recently came off of a 123-game winning streak in which they won four state champions. The previous Missouri state record was 103 straight wins. They won 123 straight basketball games. That is domination. I mean, they just crushed teams. Now, why, do I talk, why, why are we talking sports right out of the gate? Because I just want you to understand domination in a good way. Because nothing, 
has ever dominated like light. I'm going to say it again. Nothing has ever dominated like light. Now, we read 12 verses, but where we are going to be today is John chapter 1, verse 5, when John says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That is really good news, church. That's really, really good news. I think we can all agree that we are living in a time that is dark. Just maybe a head nod. Is it, are we living in a dark time? Darkness is all around us. We're all well aware of it. But just in case you are not, know that it is a dark time when bullies pick on the weak. Maybe in a hallway in, a, in seventh grade at a middle school or maybe overseas in a country that's picking on another country. But it's a dark time when bullies pick on the weak. It is a dark time when loneliness cripples our most vulnerable populations. There is a loneliness epidemic in our country among young kids and amongst the elderly. They're as lonely as they have ever been because we live in a dark time. We live in a dark time when children are abused. We live in a dark time when men use women as objects for sexual gratification. We live in a dark time when 125,000 babies will lose their life today before they ever are born. Is it dark, church? It is dark when governments oppress their people. It's dark when teachers mislead or confuse their students. It is dark when preachers abuse scripture for gain. And it is dark when sinners die apart from Jesus. It's dark. But I want you to take heart this morning because it's Easter. And you need to know this. Light wins. Nothing has ever dominated like Light. Nothing has ever won like the light. You need to know this morning that as dark as it is, that light does not cower to the darkness. You need to know this morning that light actually shines brightest when it is darkest. I want you to gain confidence in that light this morning, this Easter morning, 2022. And you need to know that the only light that the world has ever seen and I'm going to say this dogmatically, the only light that the world has ever seen and known is the light and love of Jesus Christ. And he died on a cross, and he was put in the ground, and he rose from the grave to drive out the darkness. That's what we are here to celebrate. So I look at this verse 5 of John's Gospel, chapter 1, and it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So the light shines in the darkness. Jesus himself tells us in John chapter 8, verse 12, just Jesus talking, he says, I am the light of the world. Jesus looks us in the eye this morning. And he says, I am the light of the world. And Jesus is God and he cannot lie. So what is Jesus then? The light of the world. He said it. Because Jesus is the light, it's important that we know this. Light and darkness are not equal powers fighting for control. Don't make that mistake. That is not true. Darkness is actually quite weak. 
compared to the light. Darkness actually in and of itself is nothing. All darkness is is the absence of light. If I, if I had the ability to go in the room and pull all of the light out of the room, every single bit of the light, I cannot put more darkness into that room because darkness in and of itself is nothing. But if I just take a hint of light and I put it in a completely dark room, it's powerful. Because light is powerful. And Jesus is the light. And you need to know this morning that Jesus has no competitors. No one's even close to him. Jesus is light, the light of his love. It is not fading. Verse 3 tells us, actually, uh, uh, Greg and Sarah read it. It said, all things were made through him, and without him not anything was made. He is so powerful that everything that we see in our world, all this darkness that, that is actually set against him, it's actually within his power, and it serves his purposes. That's how powerful light is. Even the darkness serves his purposes. I was, I was actually able to get on a phone call this week last week with all the salt pastors with with a missionary uh, who has spent his life in Russia Ukraine Poland in that area okay and we and we see the news and that's one thing he told us to do he's like just quit watching the news okay it's garbage here's what he said and you need to know this because you think oh it's so dark and so and it is it's not good what's going on over there but listen that's what he said Ukrainian believers are being shot all over the world like, they're, they're, they're getting out of there because they don't want to die and be hit by bombs. But, what they're, but they're going all over the world, and they're sharing the gospel. Amen. Ukrainian missionaries are changing the world today. See, we think it's darkness, and it is, but even the darkness serve God and his purposes. That's going on right now. Don't lose heart. Light always wins. Then you go to verse 4. It says, in him is life. In other words, it's his breath in our lungs. Even if you're here today, you're not following Jesus, like just take a breath with me. Do that. No, no seriously, get, take a breath with me. Ah, Jesus gave you that. It's his breath in your lungs. And the funny thing about it, C.S. Lewis said it like this, when we argue against him, when we argue against the light, when we argue against God, we actually are arguing against the very power that makes us able to argue at all. Light doesn't lose. Nothing has ever dominated like light. So let me say it this way, because some of you need to hear this this morning. Categorically, there's Jesus, and then there's the rest of us. He is the light, and we are not. So if you're here this morning, you're thinking, man, I don't even know if like, I belong in church. And I know how Easter gets. Some people come like, man, is, is the ceiling going to fall in on me? And you need to understand, there's Jesus, and then there's the rest of us. And we are all the darkness, and we prove it every day. Jesus said as much. You guys remember Jesus talking, and, and he, he's trying to make a point about how good his father is, but he said, this, this is in Luke chapter 1, he said, if you then who are evil, that's what Jesus said, if you then who are evil, Jesus didn't say, hey, if we who are evil are able to do good things. No, he's, no he made it very clear. There's Jesus, and then there's everyone else. If you then who are evil. Now, if, if I haven't got offensive enough, so my daughters 
uh, just recently made uh, a routine list, a morning routine list. Is this the cutest thing you've ever seen? I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna, I'll hang on to that till I die. And listen, this is, this is their mom's fault, this <laughs> list thing, okay? And, I, and listen, Jenny's the glue. She holds all this together, but you have to understand what she does. She will, go, she will go accomplish three or four things, okay? Because she, she gets stuff done. And then she'll go to paper and she'll make a list of like five or six things. Now, four out of those six things are the things that she just accomplished. But she wants to check them off of a list, okay? Listen to me. There are more of you, and this is scary. I'm seeing like, hey, I'm, he I'm like hearing amens. What is wrong with you people? On a serious note, you know what's not on that list? Reject the Son of God. You notice that? You know why? We don't have to put that on our list. It's just what we do. All of us. We reject the Son of God. Because there's Jesus, and then there's the rest of us. It comes naturally, doesn't it? I didn't have to teach my kids how to breathe. Thank goodness. They just did it. And I didn't actively teach my kids how to reject the Son of God. They, just, they were just born that way. So while we're on the subject of lists, I started the sermon with a list, right, that gave us a glimpse into the darkness. And I think all of us would agree, the things that I mentioned, right, it, sh it did show indeed how dark the day was. So then my question is, if we could all agree on those things, and I think even if, if you went out on the streets to people who are not following Jesus, like, if you, if you talked about most of the things on that list, they'd be like, yeah, that needs to change. That needs to change. Then the question is, why doesn't it? You ever think about this? Like, why doesn't it change? Why is there still slavery in the world like there's never been before? Why is there still abuse? Why is there still addiction? And I would propose to you the same reason that it still exists is the same reason that Jesus was crucified. So here's what John chapter 3 tells us in verse 19 and 20. Why don't things change? Here it is, ready? And this is the judgment. In other words, here's why things don't change. The light has come into the world and the people... Love darkness rather than light because their works are evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Here's what we know. That truth puts all of us in a heck of a predicament, doesn't it? The Bible's pretty honest about telling us who we are, telling us how we were born, telling us what we like and what we don't like. We are in quite a predicament. And here's what we did. Because we love darkness rather than light, we, we, not they, we crucified Jesus and we made it sound like it was his fault. And what did Jesus do about it? 
These people that he created, that he gave breath to. He breathed life into them, and they killed him, and we killed him. And what did Jesus do about it? He took it. And not like begrudgingly, he took it lovingly. And this is the greatest news that you're ever going to hear in your life. See, we hated him. But he didn't hate us back. We are born hating him, but he doesn't hate us back. And the very thing that Jesus allowed us to do to him was so that he could call us out of darkness into the marvelous light, as the Bible teaches. He allowed us to kill him. He allowed us to crucify him. And then he he rises from the dead and he goes to work and he starts calling people out of darkness into the marvelous, marvelous light. He goes and finds people that love the darkness and he shines his light into their heart and their lives are changed forever. That's what we witnessed here today. Side note, we have four more of these bad boys in the next gathering. Anybody want to stay around and watch them? You're welcome to. He died on a cross, he was buried in a tomb, and he rose again. And here's what you need to hear this morning. He knows where you live. And he knows where you work. And he knows where you spend your time. And he's coming for you. Hear me. He ain't coming for revenge. He's coming to capture your heart. But he's coming for you. And here's the thing about God. Here's the thing about the light. He kind of does things in ways you may not even recognize. He comes after your heart in ways that you probably don't even realize that he did. Sometimes he comes through an invitation to church on Easter. That's how he comes for you. Sometimes he comes for you because you thought you were coming to watch some friends or some family be baptized. But nope, that was the light coming for you. Sometimes he comes for you through a song. Sometimes he comes to you through pain. Sometimes he might come to you from a stranger on a flight. But he's coming for you. And he's coming to capture your heart because light shines in the darkness. That's really good news. So those of you who are following Jesus, right? You've passed from death to life. Do you remember how he came for you? Sometimes we get so far removed from it. It's like, ah, it's old news. I just want you to take a minute. Just reflect on how he came for you. Let it move your heart this morning. Some of you are sitting here, you're like, I don't know if he's ever come for me or not. You're here, aren't you? Because he came for you. He's after your heart. He loves you. Maybe that's what you need to hear this morning. He loves you because light shines and the darkness. You don't have to hide anymore. This is really good news. Hiding is exhausting. Like you can walk out of the theater this morning as free as you've ever been in your life because you're like, I'm done hiding. Because light shines in the darkness. 
Now, what does that mean? Because, listen, I'm going to belabor this point a little bit. That means this, and this is really good news, okay? Light shines in the darkness. That means that you can bring your darkest to him, and he will not be overcome. It won't scare him. You bring your darkest, worst moment you've ever had in your life, you bring it to Jesus. He already knows about it anyway. He just wants you to be free. So let me just talk to this person that's in the room because I know there's at least one or two, that person who, who has been stumbling through life. And your life might be defined by like one self-inflicted soul injury after another. And you're trying over and over again. You're headed down dead-end dark roads. And it doesn't work, so you take another dead-end dark road. I just want to ask you this, and I want to ask this as lovingly as I can ask this. How long will you go on doing this? How long will you go on chasing artificial light? You stumble into one jacked up relationship after another, thinking something different is going to be at the end of this road, and it's not. You stumble toward the same old coping mechanisms that have always left you empty. You're stumbling into being a workaholic. Some of you are stumbling into being a restaholic. Some of you stumble into binge-watching shows, and at the end of all these roads, it's just artificial light that leaves you empty. So let's talk about artificial light just for a minute. It was in the 1800s, right, when the light bulb was invented. Glory to God, amen? Are we grateful for light bulbs? It was a source of artificial light. But here's the thing about light bulbs. When they were, when they were invented, of course, they're, 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 they had a very limited life expectancy, right? And we've come a long way, have we not? I've got the LED things, and you buy them, they're like 50,000 hours. There's no way that's true, by the way. I don't even know how that's true. I guess if baseballs and basketballs are bouncing off of them, they get cuts into the 50,000 hours. But, but here's the thing. Artificial light, no matter what, will always eventually burn out. Even if it's after 50,000 hours. They will burn out eventually. And you need to know this morning that any source of artificial light that you are chasing outside of Jesus Christ will burn out eventually. If you're visiting here, I, I, I talk... I try to share some of my story as often as I can because you need to understand if you're visiting, like, I don't know what you're used to and pastors and what you think you might be getting here today, but, like, if you think you got a pastor that just, like, lived this super clean, goody life all the way through and then became a pastor, like, listen, you're looking at a person that did everything he could to wreck his life. And I can sum it up like this. I just chased artificial light after artificial light. So if you're thinking, well, I don't know if I should be here. because Listen, welcome. Jesus loves you. He's coming after you. Let's quit.
quit chasing artificial lights. Verse 9 actually used a phrase, if, if you, maybe you missed it. It said, the true light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So let me say it again. The only light the world has ever known is the light of Jesus Christ, and it lasts forever. It will never burn out. And light shines in the darkness. Can you just participate with me for a minute and repeat that? Light shines in the darkness. That's really good news, but it doesn't end there. The second part of that verse says, And the darkness has not overcome it. And the darkness has not overcome the light. And the darkness has not overcome. The word there in the original text is katalambano. And the darkness has not katalambano. Now why do I bring that up? Because Greek words tend to have multiple meanings. Like you have a bundle of sticks. Imagine a bundle of sticks. That's what a Greek word is. And, and, and at, at different times you pull this stick out and this is what it means, right? And then at other times you might pull this stick out, but this is what the Greek word means. And there are a couple, there are a couple meanings for this word, katalambano. We saw one in, in, here in the ESV Bible where it says, and the, and the darkness has not overcome. See, some of you are discouraged because you're seeing everything that's going on around you. But you need to know that darkness will never, listen, darkness will never overcome the light. As dark as it might seem, Jesus has never been stopped. He will never be stopped. He's never even been slowed down. He will not be overcome. And I know what's going on in our country. Secularism is growing, right? Right here in our backyards, there seems to be less and less Christianity uh, in our very own country. Data actually proves otherwise, but you need to take heart because globally right now, Jesus Christ is on the move. You can look at all the research. You can look at Lifeway. Look, you can look at Pew. You can look at all of this research, and all the data points to Jesus Christ is on the move. He's always been on the move. He will never not be on the move because light will not be stopped. Light will never be overcome. Jesus will never be overcome. Okay, listen, this is exciting. Today, all across the globe, today, thousands, just let that sit, thousands of people will pass from death to life today, all across the globe. They will believe in Jesus Christ for the first time today. Thousands of people will be called out of darkness into the marvelous light because Jesus will not be stopped. He will not even be slowed down. Nothing has ever dominated like the light of the world, Jesus Christ. You need to take heart. There's another meaning to this word, though. Some versions of the Bible say, and, and the darkness cannot comprehend the light. The darkness cannot understand the light. Satan and all of his demons have been trying to figure out the light and love of God for years. They will never figure it out. They will never understand the light and love 
of God. And here's the thing. Maybe you're in here this morning and, and you're an intellectual and you're just like, man, I want to follow Jesus, but I just, I got to wait till I, I don't really understand. I need to know more. I got to understand it. I just want to tell you as lovingly as I can, you're never going to fully understand it because darkness does not comprehend the light. And even those of us who have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light, we don't even fully understand it. So Brad, what are you talking about? Just brutal, brutal honesty here. I will never understand why Jesus saved me. I will never understand why Jesus gave me Jenny. Makes no sense. I will never understand why Jesus made me Brody's dad. It doesn't make sense. I'll never understand then why he, he gives me the privilege to stand up here and share his word with his people. I will never understand why Jesus allowed me to baptize my son. It doesn't make sense. I don't deserve it. I'll never earn it. It doesn't make sense. All I know is this, light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Is Jesus your light? Come on, good, hey. Good old folks, we're a hey, Midwestern Bible Belt, God's people, right? Springfield, Missouri. I'm not asking if Jesus is just like this thing that you kind of add to your life to give you a little bit of better quality of life. Like I'm not asking, does Jesus, does Jesus contribute a little bit? I'm asking, is Jesus the light of your life? Do you have him? Because you can today. You're here because Jesus is chasing your heart. That's why you're here today, not by accident, not by chance. Brad, how was it? I hear you say this. How was it? How, okay, Jesus is the light of the world. How is it? How did he forever overcome darkness? And this is the greatest news you're ever going to hear in your life. How did Jesus overcome the darkness? Because for a brief moment in time, he let the darkness overcome him. At the cross and three days in a tomb, we sing the darkest day in history. Remember those lines? For just a brief moment, darkness thought that it won. Nothing has ever dominated like light. He died, and he died for you, and he died for me. He was buried, but he didn't stay there. He rose again, and he is our only light. If you're serving communion this morning, I want you to come forward. Get ready at your stations. Some of you need to hear this this morning as we close. Because I know you want in your heart, you know Jesus is, is after you. You've, you've heard me and you believe me, but what do we do? Like... Brad, what do I, what do, I do? You, you don't understand how I've lived. You don't, like, I don't have anything to, to offer here. Praise God, if that's where you are, you're the kind of person that Jesus wants to save. Because no one has anything to offer. 
You bring nothing to the table to bargain with God. You have nothing to bargain with. I had nothing to bargain with. We come to the light of the world with just empty hands of faith. That's what you come with. Nothing. You don't have to clean up your act before coming to Jesus. You don't have to like try to improve your church attendance. Well, let me get back into church a little bit. Then, No, that's not what you have to do. You just come with empty hands of faith. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is the light of the world. And the Bible says this, then you're called out of darkness into the marvelous light. Will you stand with me? Each week, on purpose, we receive communion here at this church. If you're visiting, you'll come down these middle aisles. The front half of the room will come here under the lights. The back half have their sections. We have, uh, uh, we have a section up in the balcony as well. This is a meal for those of us who've come to Jesus with empty hands of faith. Those of us who have passed from death to life. We rehearse the gospel. This is a way we just reflect on what Jesus did for us in that darkest day in history. We take a bread, piece of bread, and it's ripped. And it represents the body of our king. And then we dip it into a cup. And that represents the blood of Jesus that was spilled on our behalf. down front we're going to have some elders we'll have some staff people it would be the honor of our day to be able to pray with you over anything you would like us to pray with but let us come to the table and remember the light of the world